What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing lovely. I just have a quick question for you, my friend. Um, where does a glass bottle go? Trash, recycling, green waste? Where does it go, Brandon? Well... As a recycling man myself, I collect the bottles and cans. I'm kind of in charge of the house of doing those things. I put the glass bottles in the recycling. I'm very, you know, needy about those things. There was one time for however many months it was that I was recycling glass. Never, ever in my life are doing that again because it weighs a shit ton and it pays nothing. So if you are recycling out there, all the... The Asian, if you're, if you're like that Asian woman who recycles all the bottles and cans from the Little League field in Arroyo, she probably knows. You don't recycle the glass bottles. They're just a waste of time. But Dominic, where do you put your glass bottles? Oh, I put them up Travis's ass because he was getting on my boy, Tyler, about throwing them in the trash can, which, you know, that that's not right. That That's your brother, man. You got to love him. You got you to gotta be there for him. You got to stand up for him. Don't, you don't got to gotta yell at him. Jeez. You and your brother have a perfect symbiotic relationship. You never yell at each other. Hell fucking no. We almost get into fistfights on the daily, but that, that's, that's not the point, though. The point is something over a, plastic bo- uh, a glass bottle. Come on. M- grow up. I mean, me and Josh like almost literally get in the exact same arguments. Not over glass bottles because... We don't really drink glass bottles. Maybe because you guys are men. Yeah, because we're men. But uh, I mean, let, let's be honest, Josh, not the cleanliest person in the world. So more than occasionally, he might leave some things around the house or he won't put something in the right spot. And I just more often than not, will try to try to tell him nicely to, you know, change his habits, please pretty please yeah and then your one thing leads comes off one thing leads to and... another and then next thing you know we throw in hands yeah but you know just you know tyler i support you in your time of need okay if you want to talk about it you know we can have a little younger brother anonymous group you know like it'll, it'll be a fun time talk a bunch of shit about our older brothers older brother team stand up we're the I'm not going to go down that superior. Anyways, Brandon, how are you today? I'm doing just fine. Dominic, after 187 episodes, we can finally say, without being ironic about it, this is a working man's podcast. Now, I work, and today was Dominic's first kind of day at his new job at AT AT&T. Fantastic. It's a new era in curveballs and chair shots. I think think we're maturing. I think we're going to... We're going to... You know, th- we're going to hone in our skills, you know, and we're going to we're, we're going to be the most elite crappy podcast out there. I'm still trying to nail down exactly what time we're going to be doing this podcast, especially next week, because Dominic, I, it might be over a year now at this point 
we're going to like actually physically be like together for a longer period of time. Probably not going to do an in-person podcast next week. We shall see. I don't know. We not promising anything. But I mean, I mean, when in Rome, right? We are going to the A's game next Friday. So Dominic and I will be reunited and Studio will be there and Big Daddy will also be there. So oh, it'll be so, a grand so, so, time next week. So Josh is going. I mean, is, I mean, if there is there somebody that you would like to bring? Is Amy coming? You know what? That's hella funny. I mentioned to Mary. I was like, what about Amy? And, and you know, just kind of just brush it off, you know. But, um, you know. Amy is uh, the studio audience Portuguese friend. And maid of honor. Get it right. Yeah, sorry. And, made, well, I was just kind of like, you know, making it seem like I'm the equivalent of Amy. And Amy is the equivalent to me. You know, I'm your Portuguese friend. You, everyone's got to have one of those. Everyone out there, get yourself a Portuguese friend. Or not. It's up to you guys. I mean, you can do whatever. You, we don't discriminate out here. Right, Dominic? Anyways, no. So is Josh really going or? I mean, he already kind of like said, but I mean, I don't think he'll be that mad if we just cancel on him last minute because he does it to our father. Ooh, okay. Ooh what a what a jerk. What a jerk butt. I know he told our dad that he was going to go to uh, over to his house this weekend. And then last, well, I guess not well, kind of last minute. He said, oh, no, sorry, I can't go because I'm going up to Yosemite with my uncle and stuff. So I can't go. And then my my dad was not wow. very happy about that. So Josh, we understand. Wow. So he, what you're saying is he rather go spend time with her uncle than his own flesh and blood. Your father. Exactly. That is fucked up. Damn, I know. This only reason, only, this only the reason one episode up, he actually listens to now. Yeah, probably. But the only reason I'm bringing it up was because, like, you know, I was saying, like, oh, maybe, you know, since there's four seats and three of us are going, maybe, like, you get the extra seat and you can spread out. You don't have to be so crammed to me or Mary because, you know, you're so, you know, at the moment, you know, germaphobia. You know, you can go, here, get an extra seat, chill, be by yourself, you know, me and Mary be next to each other. But, you know, hey, if your brother comes. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's yeah, not like whatever. the entire stadium is under COVID protocols and there's going to be, like, no one within, like, 20 feet of us, but it's fine. Oh, oh, that, that is a good point, studio audience. She did bring up, does he really want to hang out with just the acquaintances? That, do you, you, you remember that comment? What did I say? No, you didn't say it. He said it. Oh, Josh said it? Oh, she said it? I, no. Ma- oh, she. Oh, oh. Oh, we talk about her now? Ooh, hey, apparently. now. Hey, now, this is what dreams are made of. No. No, Dominic, you get it demonetized. Oh, I forgot about that. Sorry, that was definitely not from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Hey, I, I it was was it this week or last week's episode of Trapdoor to Hell where Travis busted out a animated Lizzie McGuire analogy. So both of us, or you know, both of our podcast, big Lizzie McGuire fans out here, dude. Hillary Duff, goat. You uh, you a Lizzie McGuire, Hillary Duff, Mark? I mean, I mean, I've seen some photos over on the Twitter machine about you know. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, but you know, shout out Hillary Duff. Me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, send me. Do we need? To, oh God. Nope. Let's, Are you sure? Go. I mean, I could send it no, to you. Good. I could try good. to, no, you know, no, go through no, the the no, annals of the internet. No, no, no. Let's just get a move on. I mean, we're supposed. This our... supposed to be like a quick podcast. I gotta go, and I gotta edit. But of course, you know, we have like a ten minute intro where you just go off talking about your Portuguese friend and Hillary Duff's ass. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but let's just get into it. 
Brandon with our MLB standings right now. Oh, uh, look and- at you, Dominic. It's almost like you read the Google Doc, or we just do this every single week. So Dominic actually remembers now at this point. So let's move on over to those MLB standings. Red Sox still t- standing atop the American League East. They hold a one-game advantage over the Tampa Bay Rays, who I believe have won seven games in a row. So they have a one-game lead over them. Yankees in a third spot. Blue Jays in the fourth spot. And those poor little Orioles down all the way at the bottom. The Blue Jays had the series against the Red Sox yesterday and a few days ago. Could have possibly led the division, or at least kind of been in the first place tied. I don't know how everything works, but uh, they dropped the last two Red Sox able to uh, stave them off. So, but the, the Rays, they're, they're looking like an American league pennant winning team, which isn't a bad thing. But the thing I have to figure out is, you know, Baltimore, I, I was, I wasn't sleeping on them because I was like, Oh, you know, they're, they're going to be sneaky good this year. And good thing. I didn't predict them to do anything because they're trash so is this when do you see baltimore maybe eventually getting back into the playoff picture like how many years i mean i would maybe say once the chris davis contract or the chris davis era is over i don't even know when that is maybe in a year or two they i mean they got some good talent cedric mullins is pretty good trey mancini and uh, john means obviously but just look at the standards right now they have the same record as your World Series champion, Detroit Tigers at 17 and 26. Hate to see it. But the, at least the Tigers aren't in last place. They're in fourth place. Exactly, right? I mean, my my World Series champions, they're, 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 they're on the come up. They are on the come up. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Red Sox, they're still doing Red Sox things. The Rays, we have a big trade, the first kind of big trade of the MLB regular season. Shortstop Willie Adamas has been traded to the Milwaukee Brewers for some relievers. Now, maybe Willie Adamas isn't the most marketable name. Everyone knows who he is. But the reason this is kind of big news is because the star number one prospect in all of baseball, Wander Franco, is in the Tampa Rays organization. He is His call-up is imminent, Dominic. Now, Willie Adams is gone. Does this mean they slide Franco win? We got finally get to see what everyone's been waiting for. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, like I just said, when in Rome, I mean, if you have, if it's a perfect situation, why wait? Just get her done. AKA Dominic has no idea. Has never heard about Wander Franco until right now. Yeah. I mean, self-explanatory. I don't know who the fuck we're talking about. Well, Dominic does know, at least I hope he knows, who Corey Kluber is because he pitched the second no-hitter this week, the second in two days. He no-hits the – who the fuck did he no-hit? The Texas Rangers. We talked about Corey Kluber, I think, a couple weeks ago where he was kind of on the come-up, unfortunately, carving up Dominic's World Series champion, Detroit Tigers, and maybe the Orioles. He was pitching against bad teams. Once again, he pitches against a terrible team in the Rangers, and he no-hits them. We got another no-hitter we'll talk about in the Central coming up in a little bit, Dominic. But uh, your thoughts on this no-hitter. The second in two days, we're already at six, I believe, and the record is seven in a season. I'm, I think it's amazing. First of all, kudos to you, buddy. But, I mean, it for me, I think we talked about it last week that, like, oh, is it ruining baseball? I don't think it's ruining baseball at all. I, I Yeah, I can see why it is because that means, you know, People aren't really focusing on maybe the the more of the basic fundamentals. 
if they're only worried about getting home runs and strikeouts and stuff. But, you know, I, I think a no hitter is something that, you know, it's an amazing feat and, you know, they are hard to come by. Maybe we just have a great generation of pitchers and the next generation is going to be, you know, more defensive players or, you know, maybe it's next, next round is batters or, you know, dinger hitters, stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, good, good, good for you. I, Mr. What was it? Clubber. Corey Kluber. Kluber. Sorry. You know, Mr. Kluber. Cy Young award winner. Psh, I want to Cy Young. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't get no recollection. Shit. You didn't get no recollection. Dr. You, you never have recollection, Dominic. Let's be honest. But yet we're still here on the podcast talking about things. So let's move on to the Chicago White Sox. I guess we could move on to the Chicago White Sox because they are leading the American League Central at 26 and 16. They have the best record in the American League. And is it the best record in the National League as well? I believe so. Uh, well, no, the Giants. Watch out for those Giants, Dominic. They actually have the best record in Major League Baseball, but the White Sox are doing the damn thing right now. Two and a half up on the Indians, but we're not going to exactly talk. Well, I guess we're going to talk about on-field stuff, but we got another controversial 3-0 swing. It was Tuesday, or no, Monday, I believe, where La Tortuga comes in and uh, pitches. He's kind of like the designated pitcher, uh, position player pitcher for the Twins. They're getting blown out. Shows how many times the Twins have been getting blown out this year, but he comes in to throw and... He lobs in a 47-mile-an-hour little cheese biscuit, and uh, the Urminator just fucking tanks it into left center field. And everybody – well, not everyone, but, you know, people start to run amok. And, Dominic, just we're going to take it kind of one piece at a time. Your just thoughts on the actual incident, quote-unquote, itself with the 3-0 swing. I mean, I fucking love it. Fucking just jack that shit every fucking time you see it. I mean, people – I mean – yeah, let's face let's face it. If he doesn't hit a home run, he he's gonna get, you know, mocked for life. If he gets a base hit, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like rocking a hard place, no matter what you do. But hopefully, things turn out better. I I'm all for it. I I think I fucking love it. I mean, you know, if they didn't want him to hit the ball, they probably would have put someone else in that you know, could pitch. Well, it, I mean, I absolutely have no issue with it. The friend and Tatis thing had no issue with it. That was an actual real pitcher. This is a position player. But I think the thing that people like don't really talk about, I think enough in this whole scenario is like, there was two outs in, in, in the inning. The game was almost over. Like he's just trying to get the game over with just swing at it. And the ball was like up and away. It was still a strike, but he, you know, just uppercutting the shit out of it. And maybe he's, I mean, he's probably trying to get a hit, but in actuality, he probably thinks like, Oh, maybe I'll just fly out. So, I mean, I can see why people get un, like, get kind of mad at him, but I think it's just so fucking stupid. And the thing that's even worse is Tony goddamn Larusa get this old man out of the league because he is kind of, he's burying his player. He's saying, you know, that shouldn't have been done, yada, yada, yada. Lance Lynn talked about it, said that he thinks that Yerminator was perfectly fine swinging at that pitch, and then Tony Larusa kind of buries him. And then someone throws at the Yerminator, which that's a whole different discussion. I don't really have that much of an issue with it, you know, throw it at his ass, not his head. But then Tony Larusa comes out and says he agrees with the other team throwing at his own player. 
like maybe you think that in your mind, but you got to at least stand up for it and pay lip service to like, you know, we're trying to get that out of the game. Let's not do that. I'm not a fan of it. Just at least make it seem like you're behind your team, behind your guys. I mean, he has an old school mentality about it. If you think about it, I mean, you know, uh, you know, it's a, what, what, what's the saying? Like, uh, oh, it's with the eye for an eye, you know, it's like, if my guy, if you're going to go out there and fucking jack one off of somebody who's not a legit pitcher, then I'm going to fucking make sure you get fucked up next, next at bat. So I, I mean, I, I see where Tony's coming from, but you got to remember it's a new day. You can't. Yes, it is. You, you can't keep thinking, you know, with that same mindset and for him not backing his guys. I mean, that's something that I hope ownership kind of looks at and says like, you know, Hey, what the fuck? Like we put you in this position because we think you can really lead this team, but now the team's not going to be behind you because you're, you don't got their back, even though, and that's something that goes not just for baseball, but for life in general is, you know, you can't succeed if you don't have people having your, if you, if no one has your back. So Mr. Tony, you better you better hope to God your guys got your back after this. I mean, it was the hiring was already a question mark to begin with because he's like best friends with the owner. And then he gets the DUI and then he doesn't know the rules about extra innings. And then now he has the thing about the 3-0 swing. And we're only it's only May 21st. We're like barely a quarter of the way into the season. And he's already had like three controversies. And yet here we are. The White Sox are in first place of the division. Not saying anybody, like not saying I could have just showed up and led them to a division title, but I mean, the White the White Sox are pretty damn talented. They were in the playoffs last year. It's, I'm not saying they're going to fire him, but I mean, if they were to, I wouldn't be so opposed to that. Well, I mean, my thing though, you, you kind of alluded to it, like, you know, like how you said, you know, you could show up and they could win, but I mean, does he really have a role besides being there to argue calls and shit? I mean, is it really necessary for him to even be there? I mean, I'm pretty sure the batting coach or the pitching coach or, you know, whatever million other coaches they have on the team could probably just step in and they can just get rid of his old ass. He's the filter. Everybody has ideas. Everyone maybe does their own job, but he has to give the final okay. He's the one that ultimately sets the lineup, ultimately calls to the pitchers, does whatever the hell he does in the, in the locker room, in the dugout. So, I mean, I kind of get what you're getting at, but also it's, he's still the manager. He still has his finger, like in a head coach, especially like the head coaches who don't call plays. Like how would you say they don't need to be there because they don't do anything? No, of course they do something. I guess you're right. You got damn right. I am right. Uh, the Indians second place, two and a half out Royals. They're like not complete dog shit. Now they've actually kind of won some games in the Tigers. They kind of are dog shit, but highlight of the year thus far, Spencer Turnbull. He throws a no-hitter on Monday. First of two no-hitters on back-to-back days. This one was kind of kind of came out of nowhere. Like the, uh, I think Alex Mills was his name from the Chicago Cubs last year. Just kind of a no-name, has terrible stats, and then he comes out and absolutely shoves it down the Mariners' throats. Once again, a terrible team who has an atrocious batting average. The Mariners have the worst team batting average in the entire league. They are batting under 200 in major league in major league baseball this season, which is atrocious. See, this is the the great part about my job is I just do the same stats like every single day, so they just get hammered into my mind. I'm so smart now, Dominic. Well, what's Even funny smarter is and more obnoxious than I've been in the past. I know it's fucking terrible. 
But what's funny is though, yet the Mariners are still in third place. So, I mean, they have to be doing something, right? They are still in third place, but who knows how long that will be. Speaking of the West, let's move on over the Astros. Yes, the Houston Astros are in first place, 26 and 18. They came away in Oakland, winning two out of three. Oakland, a game and a, or a half game back of the Astros. Take the first game. Wasn't exactly a pretty one, but they got the job done because Ramon just did everything by himself, basically. And they have pretty much set themselves apart from the rest of the division with the Mariners five games back, Angels seven games back, and the Rangers eight games back. Uh, first, Dominic, thoughts on Astros A's series. Astros end up taking Astros playing really good baseball right now. So it's not like the A's were like, you know, terrible, you know, losing to a team that's worse than the Astros are playing better right now, to be honest. Well, I mean, that was something that I think we both hit upon last week was, you know, this series can go either way. Of course, we were, I think both of us were leaning heavy on the A's because one, they're our team, but two, everything was has just been clicking lately for them. But Houston's one of those teams that you can never count them out. I mean, past all the bullshit and everything, you, you can never count out the Houston Astros. So, I I mean, they're the A's are lucky. They're only half game back and not two, so... Well, that would make it a game and a half back because they lost one game. Anyways, both of the teams just check the schedule right now. They have an easy weekend where the Astros take on the Rangers and the A's are playing the Angels. So maybe both of them get a sweep and they can just kind of stay in the same place. But uh, neither one of those teams are really in any jeopardy dropping anything this weekend. Uh, Mariners and the Texas Rangers both were no hit, but we'll talk about the Angels and Mike Trout out six to eight weeks with a calf strain. I mean, this just sucks. He was just kind of running slash trotting around the bases, running out of fly ball, and he just comes up limping. He was visibly angry, and he kind of knew it wasn't good when he saw it, and he's going to be out for two to three months. You know, it's something that anytime it comes to a calf injury now, the only thing that pops into my head is Katie and Katie's injury. You know, oh, it's just a calf strain, calf this, calf that, and then, you know, plays one game and tears his Achilles. So that's the one thing that I always constantly think about now. So hopefully they, you know, first of all, diagnosis correctly, and second off, you know, he comes back stronger and, you know, nothing else happens. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. The Angels were really bad with Mike Trout now having him gone. It's even worse. I mean, the pitching staff is just dog shit. And Shohei Otani, got to show him love. He's fantastic leads the league in home runs and he has like a two three era i mean dominic shohei otani amazing greatest player of all time since babe ruth right the hell works mm, no but <laughs> i mean he's definitely balling out if he stays healthy and continues to produce especially hitting wise and is just kind of competent pitching wise is he like the clear-cut runaway al mvp even if the angels are in last place uh, honestly, probably. Hashtag analysis. Now let's move over to the um, National League. The Mets are in first place, 20 and 17. Still kind of back in terms of play, uh, games have actually played, but they have a one and a half game lead over the Phillies. Uh, Marlins stick around third place, three games out. Braves three and a half and Nationals four and a half. So this team, this division, not exactly setting the world on fire. But the Mets are still there. 
Phillies are there. I mean, none of these teams are playing well at this point. So this division really is up for grabs. Do you remember who you picked? Believe I went with the Braves. I think I, I have the Braves going to the World Series. I think we both picked the Braves to win the division, right? I, I mean, I think so. I think I, I definitely know I had the Braves and the Mets kind of one, two, maybe the Phillies yeah. hanging around there. Okay. Okay. And the Nationals, I, I thought the Nationals are going to bounce back. Juan Soto, I mean, hopefully now he's like back for good and he could really, you know, lift them up and maybe just kind of carry them. But I, I'm a little worrisome about the Braves right now because I had faith in their pitching. That's kind of hurting right now. I mean, they've been absolutely mashing the ball, but the pitching that I had high expectations for have not been living up to the hype right now. Well, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, the Braves are three and a half back, but if you look at the records, I mean, it's it's not terribly out of reach for them. So, I mean, there's a slight possibility the Braves can hit a wave and coast into the playoffs. You never know. Yeah, you never know. The Braves right now, last 10, the worst in the division at three and seven. So not playing great right now, but who is playing great is the St. Louis Cardinals. They're still atop the central with a 25 and 18 record. The Cubbies, they have jumped up to second place with a 22 and 21 record. So they're three games out uh, Brewers, four games. They just kind of continue to fall. Yelich is back, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be enough. Mr. X's reds five and five. Absolutely hate to see the fucking thing that happened yesterday i mean the 49ers just beat down on the Bengals yesterday dominic you just hate to see it i mean i i didn't watch the game but i did kind of like hover over the score on my phone i'm like holy crap like what the hell happened mr x i'm sorry sorry you know it happens to the best of us but unfortunately kind of happens to the reds more often than not uh, the pirates raise it down at 18 and 25, seven games back. Uh, but the Cardinals kind of setting themselves apart from this division. The Cubs have actually played decent baseball right now. They're uh, five and five in the last 10, but uh, they are kind of moving in the right direction. And the Brewers are going in the wrong direction, which kind of equals to why the Cubs have leapfrogged them in the division. But I mean, I had the Cardinals, I think, winning this division and not saying it's going to be like a blowout, like 10, 12 games at the end of the season, but they're definitely the clear cut favorites and the winners of this division right now. Yeah. And if they keep doing what they're doing, I mean, I might have to change my world series prediction. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the West, those giants still there 28 and 16 already said it best record in baseball. They just put it down the Reds' throats in Cincinnati. And now they have a big series this weekend going up against the Dodgers. But the Dodgers aren't in second place. They are in third place. And the Padres are in second place a game back. So all three teams right now playing really good. As I said, Giants-Dodgers, big series this weekend. The Padres are playing the Mariners. So they have kind of an easy schedule. Maybe they can, you know, the two teams beat up on each other and the Padres end up taking first place at the end of the week. But what are you seeing from the Giants Dodgers? Because the Dodgers have bounced back, still kind of hurting. And also they've our Pujols, which if you want to talk about that, we can. Eh, I mean, I, I'm surprised. I definitely didn't see the Giants being in first. I mean, I definitely saw them in maybe competing for second, but definitely third. But, um, you know, it's surprising what they did in Cincy. It shows you that, you know, you don't necessarily need, big stars to to win games so good for them yeah i mean you don't really think of them as like a power hitting great hitting team but like looking at the stats i think they have the second most home runs in the national league or in major league baseball obviously what happened yesterday is going to pad those stats a little bit but uh, 
I mean, Giants, they're just playing great. The Dodgers finally are coming back. And uh, the Padres, they're starting to get the COVID players back. Tatis went four for four yesterday, and he's just been insane. Uh, the Dodgers, I still feel the Dodgers will, will figure things out. The Cody Bellinger situation, he's going to be gone for a while, which sucks. Mookie Betts hasn't been playing phenomenal. But our Pujols signs with the Dodgers. Dominic, what do you make of this? Because it's like the reports came out that apparently he wanted more playing time. He comes out in his press conference say that wasn't the case. And then he signs with the Dodgers, which maybe it's like a big F you to the LA angels, or maybe he just wanted to stay at his home. So he didn't have to do anything or he's just ring chasing. Like, is it one of these things, all of these things, none of these things what's going on here? Yeah, probably a little bit of everything. I mean, definitely probably wanted to play probably wanted to stay in LA because he's been there for so long and probably wants one more ring before he retires. So I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, the move right now sort of kind of makes sense for the Dodgers because they have Max Muncy as their everyday first baseman, but he's such a utility guy. I mean, he can probably be moved over to second base almost full time. You know, since Cody Bellinger has gone, I mean, even Cody can play first base if they absolutely need him to. So, for the time being, I mean, I mean, it makes sense kind of, but once everybody gets back and maybe we get to like, you know, more of the late dog days of summer and maybe they need a little bit more pitching. I mean, I don't know if that's the exactly best move, but this also could be just like a locker room thing where you bring in Albert. He can be a veteran leader, you know, teach some of the guys, some of his old vet, you know, old savvy veteran tricks and possibly wins one on his way out. But, uh, that's it for the MLB. No NFL news to talk about, except for Tim Tebow is like officially signed with Jacksonville and he has like the highest selling Jersey right now. So people still like Tim Tebow, I guess. Cool. Good for them. And we got the NBA playoffs. Yes, they are officially underway. So we got the play in tournament. We got the Pacers beating the Hornets. Sorry, LaMelo, you're gone. The Wizards beating the Celtics. Hate to see it. And then the Grizzlies beating the Spurs, yada, yada. But we're just going to jump right into it. Be the homers that we are. The Lakers beat the Warriors 103 to 100. The Warriors are pretty much like ahead the entire game. And then LeBron, you know, turns it on. It's playoff LeBron. And he comes back, hits a just a crazy fadeaway three to uh, seal it. Or, I mean, you know, take the lead. And then eventually that was the one that sealed it. I mean, Dominic, your thoughts on on this game? The Warriors, they had it. They almost pulled it off, but playoff LeBron is just too much, I guess. I mean, part of me is disappointed, but I think at the most, the biggest part of me is how pissed off I am at the fact that they turned it over in the last possession of the game, which I'm not saying... Didn't even get a shot off, just basically threw it into the, the out-of-bounds. Exactly, and that's the thing for me. It's like, it would have been one thing if they got the ball in, shot blocked, if they you know, shot it, missed it, whatever. But the fact that you inbound it and you basically just, which I, I will say watching the video back some, a few times, it does look like maybe there's a foul, but you know, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to complain and be like, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, we could have won the game if Anthony Davis and fell Curry or whoever it was. But um, I definitely think they have a really good shot tonight to beat Memphis. Um, You know, I it, Curry needs to go off. Draymond needs to, stay calm and not be an idiot and get teed up. Um, Jordan Poole needs to keep balling out like he's been doing. GTA needs to keep doing what he's doing. So as long as nobody falls asleep tonight, we should be fine. 
Yeah, I mean, I gotta agree with you. They're gonna be at home. They're gonna be in San Francisco, so the Chase Center will be rocking as much as Chase Center can be rocking with like eight thousand people or however many are allowed in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with the homer pick. I'm gonna go with the Warriors. I mean, they were playing really good basketball against the Lakers, and then LeBron just was the one that put them over the edge. And as as much as the Grizzly, Grizzlies are a a good basketball team, they're not the Lakers. They don't got LeBron and AD. So I'm gonna go with the Warriors on this one. And uh, finally, we got the Wizards win the kind of make up playoff play in game, whatever they uh, are calling it. Just absolutely beat down on the Pacers at one forty two to one fifteen. Dominic, I think you called this Wizards much better than the Pacers. I mean, I know my, ba- my, my baseball. No, I know my basketball. I mean, you kind of know some of the, ba- you know, like Bay Area baseball. Yeah. You know, I probably know more giant stuff, which is sad, you know, because, you know, my oh, A's, K-fabe, K-fabe, K-fabe. my, 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 my when, you, dealer, when, you're not going, when you're not going to like 30 A's games a year, then you just don't pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, you know, I do know my basketball and Wizards surprisingly. You can play some basketball, right, Dominic? Dude, I'll, do you want me to dunk on you? I don't want you to dunk on me. I want you to just stuff those salty nuts ears down Travis's face. Let's fucking do it. Anyways, the Wizards beat the Pacers 142 to 15. 115. Yeah, it was a fucking crazy game. And, uh, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook is a G. Goodbye. G unit. All right, quickly, we're going to run through the first round. Uh, Miami Heat and the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. They definitely are going to pull off the upset and beat the Milwaukee the and go with. Okay. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks go up against the Clippers. I definitely think the Clippers are going to beat, beat the Mavericks. I'm going to go with the Mavericks. Uh, Celtics and the Nets. Celtics won that play in game. Now they face off against the Nets. It's going to be interesting to see what this Nets team can do in the playoffs because this is what they've been built for. And I will go with the Nets because Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, just crazy good. And now this is where we kind of get into the, I, I think there's, you know, make a case for both sides. The Trailblazers take on the Nuggets. Yeah, this is, it's not, this is a no brainer. We're going with the Trailblazers, bro. Sure. We're going to go with the Trailblazers as well. Well, are you going to go with the Nuggets? Really? I'm not. I got to ride with my boy, Dame Dalla. You know, Dame time. Arroyo alumni for like a semester or a quarter whatever i was gonna say i was like he went for like a week didn't he <laughs> i don't care i'm still claiming them dame dala gonna beat the nuggets then uh those wizards taking on the 76ers can russ will himself to victory against the 76ers i sure hope so i really really want to see the wizards go far in these playoffs Trust and the plus process, baby sixers i i i honestly ever since ai left i can't stand them well, since I've been, you know, riding the 76ers bandwagon for like three years now, I ain't getting off, even though I don't think I picked them to win the East for like the first time in three years. But this, I'm going to ride with them because my Heat are going to beat the Bucks. So, boom, go 76ers, go. Uh, the Lakers taking on the Suns. Dominic, I mean, the Suns had a really good season this year. I mean, they're the two seed. They got Book, they got CP3. LeBron put him over in the postgame presser. What do you, do you think LeBron is going to just you know, beat down on his boy and move on. I think so. I think LeBron's going to do LeBron things and just, you know, show, show the world why they're going to be possibly NBA champions again. Then we got, I just completely lost my train of thought here. We got uh, the Hawks and the Knicks. This is the, uh, the matchup we've all been waiting for everyone. The, uh, was it Trey Young, 
on the Hawks. He's exciting to see. The Knicks are finally in the playoffs for the first time in in like a decade. Are the Knicks are the Knicks destined to do something? Are we going to see Spike Lee in the NBA Finals? I really want it. I really want the Knicks to win just because I think what Randall's been doing in New York has been, I mean, it's been freaking amazing. Um, the Knicks are a team that, you know, they have the they ha- they have the talent. I think it's just the matter of common sense is what they used to like back, you know, years prior is common sense is what they lacked. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they get it done. And then not announced yet, obviously, because we don't know who they are playing, but my Utah jazz are going to take on presumably the golden state warriors, Dominic. So, uh, you know, my two loves I have been love. I've been a Utah jazz fan since day one going up against the uh, golden state warriors, we're just going to put the cart before the horse. How do you see the Warriors matching up with the Jazz? It's going to be a grind, but the Warriors will definitely beat those Jazz because Steph Curry is your MVP of the league this year. Watch. Okay, well, first we got to get there. Uh, I'm going to go with my Utah Jazz because I'm such a, a Jazzer sizer bitch i'm a jazzer sizer okay that's it for the sports trying to move this thing along quickly going over into the mailbag otherwise known as mr hex's questions of the week bum bum no friends today i hate to see it if you want to be a friend slide into the instagram dms curveballs and cs or Twitter, curveballs and CS, that's fine too. We don't care. We don't discriminate which DMs you slide in as long as you just be sliding. But anyways, Mr. X is back. He's on Instagram. That's not how he sends them in, but he sends them in through the, the <laughs> Gmail account, curveball and CS at gmail.com. Dominic, what did Mr. X send? Good day is what he started with. Good day, mate. Anyways. <clears throat> and then he wrote this question, Brandon. Why did the Reds always find a way to hurt me? 19 runs, dear God. So, yeah, I don't really want to rub salt in the wound, but God damn, what happened? The Giants just beat the balls off of your reds. Jeez. We don't want to say we told you so, but been saying the uh, the entire year pretty much that those, those reds, that reds pitching staff, not good. It's hot, cold, but they've been very cold lately is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And when the, the Reds aren't putting up 19 runs themselves, it's not a guarantee <laughs> that they're going to win. Exactly. All right. Uh, don't know if you saw the newest episode of Dark Side of Football, but what do you think of the Bill Belichick's legacy after he retires? Will he be seen as a, having a successful career or one filled with scandal and controversy? Overall, he's going to be regarded as the greatest football coach, maybe basketball coach. He wants to get into basketball once he retires of all time. I mean, obviously, you got to talk about all the the struggles and the scandals. And just like with Tom Brady, who's also the greatest of all time, it, when you have two great coaches or, you know, a great coach and a great player, you always wonder what happens if they go off and do something else. And we saw what happened with Brady. He ends up winning a Super Bowl the first year without Belichick. Not saying that just completely writes off what Belichick did, but that just also proves just how great Tom Brady is. You go over to Belichick's history. I mean, he was with the the Giants with LT, you know, really good year or really good run over there. The Browns, he was actually turning the Browns around for a little bit until he got canned. 
and then he's supposed to be the Jets head coach. Then he he just left and went to the Patriots, and and then everything was you know everything's history, as they say. I I think he'll be. I don't think he'll be considered. I mean, I think he. Uh, I don't know where I want to go with this. All right, fuck it. I'll say it. I think he will be considered one of the greatest coaches of all time, but I think it's going to be they're not going to highlight the the struggles he had. They're only going to highlight the success, which, I mean, that's pretty much what you do with most Hall of Fame careers and whatnot, but they're not going to look at the failures he had. He's going to, it's pretty much all going to be around Tom Brady's era. So. And as long as we've known Bill Belichick for the most part, that is what he is, is Tom Brady. Pretty much. So, I mean, maybe Mac Jones can, can be the next Tom Brady. And if he is, then that just completely like cements it that Bill Belichick is the the white quarterback whisperer. Yes. All right. What else? What else does he got? Got I got one baseball question. I've got some wrestling stuff. So, the last question for sports, and it is a baseball one, and something that it's your two loves, Brandon, combined. What? The jazz and the heat? No, shut the fuck up. What do you think about all of these MLB umps wearing Jordans? Good for them. I mean, style. You know, if you're just going to be absolute fucking trash on the field, at least look good doing it. So, good for them. <laughs> you're such an ass. All right. On to the wrestling. Got three paragraphs. You ready? Ready. Are they like solid, meaty, chunky paragraphs? They're like a couple words, like a couple sentences. A couple sentences. Actually, okay. technically, let, let's see. Let, 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 let's be grammar police just like you for a second. Let's see. Uh, let's see. That is technically it's one full question with a comma. And we got one, two questions in this one. And then you have one question. So, yeah. So, you know, whatever. Are we going to see two sides of the same coin, so to speak, with the WWE biography of Ultimate War airing the Sunday? Then is Dark Side of the Ring episode airing on Thursday? That is a good question. Brandon, what do you think is going to happen? I didn't even realize that they're on the same week. I kind of forgot that the Warrior had a Dark Side of the Ring. But yeah, I mean, it's it's perfect timing. I would assume that was kind of playing out on these Dark Side of the Rings part. But um I'm much more intrigued on how WWE frames it, obviously, because they kind of portray him as this great guy and this inspirational figure. But not only the backstage heat and everything that happened with like SummerSlam and, you know, all those other things that happened behind the scenes wrestling wise, he, he said some pretty inflammatory things in his later years and they never really acknowledge it. And they, they, Maybe I'm not say they should, but I, I always kind of talk about it that I feel uneasy and don't like how they just kind of glorify this guy and make him this like mythical being for power and inspiration and positivity. Well, what I don't understand is how, the way you feel about that is pretty much how a lot of people felt about the fabulous moolah. And, you know, they named that women's battle royale after her and everything, and then they freak out and change it. So my thing is, you know, the thing is, people aren't nostalgic and weren't, you know, little warriors running around with face paint and tassels. I think, I mean, not to like be blunt about it, but people have fond memories about the Ultimate Warrior. I think that's also like another reason, which I don't. So that's that's why you hate him. I mean, once again, I don't hate anybody. I just have like strong disdains. 
And I will say, WrestleMania six match with Hulk Hogan. Fantastic. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Brandon, shut the fuck up. Jeez. You said you want to get this over with. You got to leave in like an hour. Ah. Is Miro finally living up to his potential now that he has the TNT title? Speaking of the TNT title, do you think they'll change it to the TBS title now that Dynamite is moving over there next year? I mean, I guess you have to. It it just makes sense if they're not going to be on TNT at all, then might as well change the title, even though they've already changed the title. But, you, I mean, it's just just change the side or the front plates. It's it's fine. Just spray paint a B over the end, right? Or, well, I, that'd be TBT then, huh? Dominic's not good with acronyms. Sorry. Damn. But going back to the original question about him living up to his potential, I mean... I don't know if I'd say he's lived up to his potential yet because people really thought he had some good upside. I mean, I thought he had upside. I don't know if I'd say he had main event. I'd say like main event heel upside. I don't know about a baby face upside, but I mean, I really enjoyed the thing he had, the promo he had. We can just kind of talk about it real quick. The opening line of him thanking his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for being able for him to, you know, give him all these physical abilities to maim and destroy Darby Allen. I love that. I mean, getting Jesus Christ for heat. You absolutely just love to see it. I bet you all the Christians people hated him for it. Not the Catholics, right, Dominic? Damn right. Moving on to the last question, just so we can get this ball rolling. Who do you think will win the IWGP world title now that Osprey has had to vacate it due to the neck injury? Well, I didn't actually put this down on the script because I know Dominic, huge, huge New Japan fan. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know if they lean towards Jay White, but Jay White, he is kind of like the best, like just copy replacement for Will Ospreay. And honestly, Jay White probably does Will Ospreay better than Will Ospreay does. So if you want to, if the whole plan was to put the title on Ospreay, just to like put it back on a Bushi, like later at Wrestle Kingdom or wherever you wanted to, then maybe that is the way to do it. Or you just put it back, on Ibushi. He had a match coming up against Okada. I don't think he was going to beat him. I think that was going to be a place where he like further cements that he's like a different guy and he beats his mentor and, you know, puts even more heat on him, but it's going to be the same kind of core guys, Ibushi, Okada, you know, Jay White, Tanahashi, someone in that elk, I would assume that, or maybe they throw Shingo in there, but Shingo just lost. Or Klaesner. It's only funny when I say Bork Laser. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's it for Heck. Mr. X's questions of the week. Bum bum. So Mr. Bum. X kind of alluded to it, but yes, AEW is going to be moving to TBS in 2022. Apparently they're getting a little bit of a pay bump, so that's probably a reason why they're doing it to begin with. But uh AEW moving over to TBS, they're going to have a Friday night show as well on TNT, then we'll be moved over to TBS when everything gets moved over to TBS. It's going to be after SmackDown. It's going to be at 10 o'clock. So uh, your thoughts, Dominic, on the move, good, bad, indifferent. We talked about the NHL deal, and there's going to be a lot it's, of sports now on TNT. It's fucking horrible because how are we supposed to cover AEW when they move it, well, at the second show? You know, how are we supposed to cover it? We just do what we do in SmackDown. Just completely ignore it. 
Oh, oh, I got you. I got you. Well, then, yeah, the move is fine then. Um, I understand that sports is more relevant than wrestling, so I'm not I'm not hurt by the decision. I did like the synergy of TNT being the sports channel and AW being linked with, you know, all the sports and the drama and like the real gritty nature of TNT. TBS is like their comedy channel, which I mean, AW has that appeal to it, but it's definitely not their calling card, but I'm kind of indifferent to it. If it was my call and everything was equal, I'd rather have them be on TNT, but they're going to be fine. And maybe they can kind of take over that channel that can be, like their place, their night. And they're also going to have a uh, quarterly specials or something like that. So uh, kind of having like clash of champions, television, pay-per-view specials. And that's, that's also a good thing. I mean, they have their little specials on dynamite, but being able to like marquee points for people to be like, look, this is a big show tune in. It's going to be great. That will also help them out. Yeah. And you know, TBS does have decent channel, a uh, different, decent content so i i think i think people would be willing to either a stick around to watch the show or two be willing to change the channel to watch it anyway so i think i think it's fine they'll be fine i mean yeah i think they'll be fine uh, let's move on to some wwe news nxt had some releases on thursday slash wednesday the all of them on air talents we had some referees we had um marina shafir or, sorry jessamine duke Vanessa Bourne, Drake Wartz. Those are the first batch. And then it came out on Thursday that Velveteen Dream had been released. People kind of look around and it's like, what happened to him? How come he didn't get released? And the next day, the news comes out. So Dominic, obviously Dream is going to be the big one. Your thoughts on uh, on his release or kind of all of them in general? I mean, like you said, the biggest one, the only really one that we probably will hear more information about is Velveteen with all the allegations and all the off screen issues he's been having all the injuries too. It's, it, it's kind of not surprising. Um, I'm weary to you know, see if he actually lands anywhere. Cause I think people know the back backstory and they're kind of probably not willing to sign him, which is a shame because he is a decent wrestler, very charismatic. So, I mean, I, I I'm upset to see someone like him leave or be released, but with everything I know, I can give two shits. Couldn't give two shits, Dominic. You could not care less. Because if you could uh, care less. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure everyone else knows what you meant, Dominic. Because, you know, not everyone speaks Dominic. Me and the studio audience do. Sometimes you get lost in translation. But uh, yeah, Velveteen Dream, I mean, go back to like the early days of the podcast and we probably were putting him over and talking about how great he was and how he can be one of the cornerstones and be a top guy for WWE tiers for years to come. And then, I mean, even before the speaking out allegations came out, he was getting kind of cold. There was like some backstage things that, you know, kind of showed that maybe he wasn't exactly the most motivated or willing to learn person in uh, the PC slash NXT. And then the thing happened in the summertime and just god awful terrible you know he's edp 445 that's basically what he is over there in nxt and if i'm aw if i'm any major north american company i'm not calling him i'm not touching him he's not worth it and also this kind of falls to nxt and wwe as well because the media has been calling him or talking to triple h on these conference calls and asking him like what happened with velveteen dream 
have you suspended him, fired him? Have you found something? And why, where, where is he? Triple H just kind of says, oh, you know, we did our investigation and that's it. Okay. Like, can you tell us what you found and what was your conclusion? Like he just like says a thing and moves on and just leaves him out to dry. And it also hurts Velveteen Dream because if there was like legitimate findings that equates, you know, equates, 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 equates him. Here we go. I can speak. Uh, then we should know about that and, you know, understand why they're in the position that they are, but they never did that. So then we are, we just all feel the fear the worst and we just assume and probably rightfully so because there was multiple and legitimate claims out there about what he did with, uh, underage fans so i mean i'm not going to be like good riddance he can just fuck off and i can never see him again but he he really needs to like clean up his image and like have a heart to heart and need to show that he is a different person and changed before he gets any short any sort of shot and even then he needs to work his way from the bottom so it sounds like he gets signed somewhere else though not back with wwe at all right well, I said nowhere. Like, if I'm AW, I'm not touching him. He's not worth it. Or even ROH or Impact. I mean, maybe Impact if they can get him cheap enough, but that's linked to AW. I don't think AW wants that. I'll think I'll, he'll go to Impact. Watch. Just watch. I mean, hey, if they sign Jeff Hardy when he was all fucked up, they'll sign a kitty toucher like him. WWE fans apparently will be back July 14th. Fox has been kind of nudging WWE to bring fans back and Fox or SmackDown will be the first show July 14th and SummerSlam. They're kind of shopping that around and it's looking like Las Vegas will be the destination. Allegiant Stadium, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Dominic, your thoughts on a you know, one more step to normalcy. WWE fans are coming back July 14th. I can't remember the exact date for AEW, but they're in around the same time. And then SummerSlam apparently going to be in a football stadium near us. Ooh, I mean, it's finally beginning to feel a lot like Christmas because these wonderful things oh, keep happening. Because we're going to have a spike in cases. That too, maybe. But no, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I mean, if the, if done right, social distancing, masks, you know, even if you're even if you're vaccinated, you should wear a mask still. Be it, you know, steel, 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 steel. Shut the fuck up. You should wear whoa, a mask whoa, still. Whoa. You don't talk to the studio audience like that. Oh, are you standing up for her right now? Yeah. Better watch your mouth before smacking the penis. Consensually. WrestleMania backlash happened on Sunday. Nothing really to really talk too, too much about. We uh, actually was like a decent show outside of the zombies. And uh, I mean, that, I mean, Dominic, any, any thoughts on WrestleMania backlash? I didn't really have none except for the, the God awful zombie thing was atrocious. RAP Mrs. ACL. Yeah. I mean, if I know it happened before the zombie attack, but one, Hell of a way to get written off television to get just destroyed and eaten by zombies. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I think besides that, it was a decent show. Um, I wasn't there to watch it with you because you know you you don't like me. And but you uh, still got the cock. Come again? You still got the cock? Yeah, but I mean, I want to. I want. I want. I'm, I have all these bad ciders or not ciders, seltzers that I need to give to you. Spritzers. Yeah. 
So uh, we can shit face on Friday, and we're just gonna yell at the the angels and get drunk. Is that the plan? Or are you not allowed to get drunk? I didn't tell him yet, but I'll tell him right now, live on air. Brandon, oh god, got good news for you. I'm driving. Well, here's the thing. You could drive, but you know, if you were to drive a vehicle that is an automatic transmission, then you and me both can get inebriated, shit face drunk. You know why? Because the studio audience finally has her license. Close. Damn. Her permit. Yeah. Yeah, boy. So we could get drunk and fucking she can drive us home legally. Or Josh or Amy or whoever the hell is is there. Or studio audience. I mean, mascot. We got two you, studio you wanna audience. You want to go to members? an A's game? You want to go to an A's game like this, Bubby? Are we done yet? I'm fucking dead. I want to fucking go to sleep. I'm actually not doing too bad, Dominic. Uh, the other day was kind of bad, but we got NXT to talk about. I did like the aesthetic of the uh, Johnny Gargano Bronson read that a real comic booky feel at the beginning. I, but I didn't like how they just use like a whatever logic or not Logitech, whatever the fucking iMac thing is, where you just press a button and just turn everything into comic book. But uh, the opening match: Tony Storm and Zoe Stark had a match. I couldn't exactly tell who the crowd was behind because their names are so goddamn similar. But Tony Storm gets the win. She breaks out some new like judo throw head spike pile driver thing for the win. Uh, the match itself honestly wasn't that great, and the heat wasn't really there. You know, the story is kind of up and down. People like Tony. People are kind of like man about Zoe. Kind of a fail, to be honest, Dominic. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Zoe. I swear to God, Oreo, if you knock over my. Fuck, disconnect me. He's pissing me off right now, Brandon. Um, if uh, if if I can't concentrate because he's on the fucking thing, I'm come back to me. God damn it. Uh, well, after the match, Tony Storm was standing there in the ring celebrating her victory, and then Frankie Monet, or unless the lights go out, and then Frankie Monet makes her appearance. She makes her little entrance. Don't know if she's going to be doing that every single time, but she announces that she is going to make her in-ring debut next week. I think they advertised that she was making her in-ring debut this week, but I guess that got pushed back. But uh, don't know if this means we're getting a Frankie Monet, Tony Storm feud, because it seems like Monet is pretty straightforward to heal right now and tony as much as people like her they've worked hard enough to turn her heel and might as well keep her that way i guess dominic is the uh, mascot finally away from the laptop yeah i bet i've I've had to yell at him a little bit and i feel a little sad right now but you know i'm able to carry on i think if uh zoe is to keep her head up and uh keep kicking ass i think uh, she'll be a big name one day tony storm deserves to win she deserves much more, and I hope much more comes her way pretty soon. Couldn't have said anything myself. The Way have a spa day. Candice and Indie Wrestling uh, get like head massages or whatever the hell you call those things. Uh, Dexter Loomis doing Dexter Loomis things, giving Indie some, uh, some head massages. And they just bury Dexter. Dexter gets all sad, and then he walks away. They do another segment later where Candace's card gets declined because of unpaid uh, Rose expenses, which I don't understand why Candace didn't pay that off or 
how that even works. But uh, Indy found out that no, Dexter still loves her. And so Index is back on Dominic. True love is is real. How how is it that she had unex, unpaid expenses yet? It was a credit card. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything. But you know, why is Dexter falling for this? This, for lack of a better term, maybe bitch. it's be, maybe it's because she. Well, this is what it means: is she paid? She bought it last month. But then the billing cycle came around, and so she was charged, but yet she didn't pay pay it off. She had a, at least a minimum payment due, and she didn't pay her payment. There you go. I'm talking about Indy and Dexter. I'm still on the credit card thing. Oh, whatever. Who cares? You know, banking is in my blood, Dominic. I'm a banker and truck driver. Yeah, and you're fucking writing articles for some fucking shitty fucking startup. Mm-hmm. you're telling me uh so yeah anyways we got a prime target karen cross and finn bala number two they uh just watch the footage back get some talking heads pat mcafee makes an appearance paul Heyman makes an appearance i really enjoy this i think nxc does a really good job they kept this like straightforward kayfabe sports like and i i really liked it i mean this match doesn't have a whole lot of heat to it because it just kind of gets put on with the rematch but i liked it See when when they when they do stuff like this is what captures not just me but ca- captures a lot of different people. Sometimes you don't need over the top, you don't need creative, you don't need you know all these different aspects of a mat or of a buildup. Sometimes you just need straightforward, just picking dissecting a match and talking shit. Do you think the inclusion of Paul Heyman and him name dropping Roman? means one of these men will be facing Roman in the near future. Maybe Finn, just because it looks like he's going to lose. Yeah, but I would love to see him and Karrion cross. A heel Karrion, and a, well, Karrion's kind of like that. Well, I guess they're. I guess him and Roman both are kind of like that That heel, but yet people like them because what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know Just either. Move the fuck on. I want to go to sleep. Uh, oh, man, Dominic, it's been a long time since we had one of those podcasts. Uh, Jake Atlas takes on Cameron Grimes. And Ted DB, or I guess Cameron Grimes runs a little video package of Ted DiBiase's most embarrassing uh, happenings. Shout out Virgil. We got a Virgil appearance on the show. And uh, then Million Dollar Man comes out, distracts Cameron Grimes, and Jake Atlas rolls him up one, two, three. And then Jake Atlas gets a one at NXT. Love to see it. And then Cameron Grimes uh, chases after the million dollar man. And like he, he goes to open the door. The door was unlocked. So he just fucking fully rips it open, but then he has to shut the door and then sell that the door's locked, which I just loved every bit of it. Cause it was so stupid and dumb, but. It's- and Cameron Grimes is going to be the one that gets hurt the most. And he's going to end up being released next year. Watch. Yeah. This definitely is not a main event character. I mean, even when he first started, I was like, Maybe he can be pushed a little bit, but obviously this is just kind of a funny ha-ha little shtick that they're doing right now. Uh, I w- Okay, I, I never do this. I'm, well, I'm going to put over the distraction finish, but also bury the distraction finish because if you're going to do a distraction finish, this is exactly how you do it. With a heel who's over the top and stupid and gets easily distracted. Like this would be something that makes sense, but when you do it every single show, it loses its effectiveness. 
So you understand where I'm coming from, Dominic. This is a perfect reason to do one yeah, in this match. But when you overdo it three times a show, it's like, oh, here we go. Another distraction finish. Are you okay? You feel better now? I'm fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's move on because I'm going to go to sleep. Uh, they ran a vaccine commercial. They just, you know, run, you know, they're like, oh, go get the vaccine. It's so great. And, you know, go to this website and uh, find out more. I plead the fifth. They had a sit down interview with uh, that Sports Illustrated or whatever sports reporter guy who did the Adam Cole interview. He does an interview with Pete Dunn and he just kind of asked him if you have anyone in mind. Pete Dunn just kind of individually ran down every single division. And I thought I really enjoyed it. I mean, Pete Dunn has the heavy accent, so it is kind of hard to understand him at times, but I, I like the context. I like the content he was talking about. Uh, just, you know, good, straightforward little interview here, kind of establishing what he's doing next. But and we find out what he does next or is going to do next. Yeah. And I like interviews like this because it's kind of just it gives him camera time, gives him mic time, something that he needs to work on. So, I mean, I kind of I, I enjoyed it. Moving forward later in the show, we get an interview with Bobby Fish and he talks about how the reason he came back wasn't because of Kyle is because of Dunn and Lorcan injuring tearing his tricep so he's coming back for that calls out pete dunn i believe they're gonna have a match next week so uh bobby fish making his return going up against pete dunn probably just kind of a stepping stone for dunn but should be a really good match i was gonna say was i really i really are well it's not that i don't really want to see this match it's like i know if pete dunn loses it hurts pete dunn a hell of a lot more than Bobby Fish losing. So I already know Pete's going to win. Bobby's just going to do Bobby things. Yeah. Killian Dane takes on Alexander Wolf. And Dane beats Wolf after uh, a distraction finish, of course. But uh, Dane gets the win, beats his former Sanity member. And then Imperium turns on Alexander Wolf. And he not only does he get kicked out of Imperium, he gets kicked out of the company because he was one of the guys who got released. Damn, sucks for that guy. It does suck for that guy. But, I mean, he's really talented. I think he's kind of one of the guys, maybe the top guy to keep an eye on. I think he can do some things. Maybe not, you know, go with AEW. Maybe he goes over across the pond and uh, does some things over there. Uh, We get two separate women's tag team promos. We're just going to kind of put them together. We get Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez talking about they want to get tag team gold. Shotzi and Ember talk about them not wanting to get jumped ahead of the line. And then William Regal books a match for next week. Uh, I, as much as I know you love Shotzi, Dominic, I mean, kind of both the promos, but the Shotzi and Ember one in particular was, was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't one of her brightest spots, but I mean, is it kind of easy to say that we know Raquel and Dakota are going to win because Shotzi and Ember just lost? Who looks like the studio audience is tired too. I, I I mean, I don't, I think this one can go either way. Maybe you set up a distraction finish where something happens with Raquel. So she gets distracted. And so Dakota Kai is left on her own or whatever. So you can set up the singles title feud and we go, we run it back with the way and Shotzi and Ember. I mean, who knows what's going to go on with Shotzi and or Indy and Candice because of the whole index thing. So I don't know if Indy's going to hold a grudge over them for that, but 
got to wait and see about that. In the men's tag team division, Legado del Fantasma beats Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa after Grizzly Young veterans interfere. So now Legado del Fantasma is the number one contenders, and they will face MSK, I believe, in two weeks. I actually cannot wait for this match because these are four guys that can do anything. I, I'm really excited for this match to happen, Brandon. Really excited. Really excited. You just can't hide it. I mean, Legato del Fantasma seemingly are heels, MSK, baby faces, but the crowd doesn't exactly like them. So it's going to be a good match, but I want to see how the crowd exactly reacts to them. We get Saray taking on Aaliyah. I mean, kind of a competitive match, really not exactly a squash, and Ali has been defined down so much. Maybe not the best look for Saray, but she ends up getting the win in the end. Uh, what was a squash match was Hit Row. I'm already blanking on their names, but uh, the, the the two other guys, that is not Swerve Scott, beat up on poor Tony Nese and Ari Davari because I didn't even know they're still around, to be honest, but uh, they get the squash win. So your thoughts on Hit Row, Dominic? I don't like them. One one bit, nothing. I feel like they're a ripoff between primetime players and uh. Oh God, what what's what? Do you just want me to name every other black tag team I can think of? No, <laughs> no, not. And I didn't mean primetime players. I meant, oh my God, what's the one with Belanca Bianca Belair's husband? Montez street, Ford, Street Profits, Street Profits, a ripoff of Street Profits, and sh- uh, Crime Time. I will say, uh, what's his name? Top Dollar. Yeah, definitely, definitely not a ripoff of uh, Dame Dollar. Shout out to a uh, Dame Little in that one. But uh, I was getting some Angelo Dawkins vibes. Now that's not a bad thing. I mean, he can be built up, get the hot tag, you know, get some heat on him because he's kind of a bigger, thicker boy who can also move athletically. So, I mean, I can see kind of where it coming from wrestling wise. I did get some uh, Angela Dawkins vibes for, uh, from one of them. Yeah. But I mean, I, everything just is very, very rip. It, nothing seems original to me at least. So I'm not really a big fan of them. I'm going to disagree. I mean, I'm going to go down the same road I w- talked about last week where they made the entrance. I thought, you know, they came across really cool. They got nice swagger. I like how they dress and how they come across. The match itself, I mean, it was fine. You know, at least three of the four guys in there can really work. I still am not exactly sold on on Dala, but he'll be protected. But once again, when they open their mouths and they start doing like the contrived rapping and talking and it feels a you know too fake to me, and like we see it in AEW with the acclaim. I mean, Max Caster does the rapping, and he, I mean, as much as he is kind of John Cena esque, I think he has gotten better, and that just feels a little more authentic than what they're doing. So I like everything about the bunch, except for the talking. That he's, I mean, when they do when Swerve was doing like the in uh, studio promos, I like those. But then now when you kind of get all of them talking, and they're all kind of too scripted that's when they kind of lose me. You lost me through the whole thing because I like fell asleep a little bit. So let's move on to AEW now. Yay. No, because first we got to talk about the main event. Dominic Bronson Reed defeats Johnny Gargano inside a steel cage to become the new North American champion. Match itself was uh, okay. Maybe a little bit of a disappointment because you got such high expectations from these guys. Maybe the cage kind of limit them on exactly what they can do. Reed and uh, 
Austin Theory had a pretty good match on the outside of the ring where Austin Theory was taking all sorts of nasty bumps. Uh, shout out to him. But yeah, Reed gets the win uh, on the top rope. And I will say, I tried to look this up on Twitter and I couldn't find anybody point this out. But the kind of calling card, the signature moment that Vic Grimes, or Vic Grimes, uh, Vic Joseph said at the end of the match is that he hit Johnny Gargano with a golden tsunami. You are a sick person, Brandon. I didn't say it. He said it. Yeah, but you thinking it, you nasty, you nasty. That's the that that was the first thing that came to my mind. Is studio audience hit him with a you nasty. I mean, tell the studio audience you're going to give her a golden tsunami later and see what she says. Okay, okay, I'll I'll do it right now. (laughs) Studio audience, I'm going to give you a golden tsunami later tonight. The fuck? Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Thank you, studio audience. Uh, moving on to AEW Dynamite. Christian Cage has a match with Matt Seidel, transporting us back to 2009. I will say I like this match better than the Kazarian one because I don't think this was making trying to make a statement. We're going to go out there, you know, work a headlock, brother, and go 17 minutes. They're going to be hanging on the edge of their seats. In like 10 minutes, they, they were in and out. Seidel doing some athletic things. Christian doing what he does best. And he gets the win at the end of the day. Can't ask for a better match. Get in, get out. Christian gets, you know, another win, which he doesn't need. So uh, Team Taz comes out. I did like Taz's commentary on commentary. And uh, Ricky Starks comes out. So maybe he's going to be more of a, a presence, even though he's not going to be wrestling with a neck injury. Brian Cage attacks Christian Cage. And then Hangman Adam Page comes in to save Christian Cage from Brian Cage. I'm sorry the studio audience was talking to me because, you know, we got, we, you know, blah, 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 blah. You got to give her a golden tsunami now? Yes, yes, I do. I got to give her a golden tsunami later. So she's she's really excited for that. Yes. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston have a, a promo backstage, or not even backstage, but wherever, you know, that alley that John Moxley cuts his promos. And uh, they take on the acclaim and Max Caster out here just completely burying everybody, saying that Moxley's wife is going to give him some oral sessions, which, I mean, goddamn, just going for the juggler right there. But Moxley and Kingston get the win at the end of the day. And, you know, solid match. Still coming out to Wild Thing. Any thoughts? Do you think it's only while he's with Kingston that he's coming out to Wild Thing, or do you think that's like that's his like? New... I mean, if you're paying however much money they are, which I assume they're paying a significant amount of money, they're probably going to keep using that. God, just fucking change it back. No one wants to fucking watch John Moxley come out the Wild Thing. Like, so fucking stupid. I will great say, match, great promo, great everything. The. Uh, the crowd or the wrestlers like just going way too over the top with the whole wild thing thing. I mean, I'm already kind of like against it to begin with. And then they just are going way too overboard with it. Just makes me not like it even more. Okay. Moving on, moving on to Dominic's favorite segment because it involves sting, uh, sting and Darby attack Scorpio sky and Ethan page, uh, solid promo from the, uh, from the heels, but, uh, this sets up a tag team match, a live in-person match. Tony Schiavone just straight up said, this ain't going to be no cinematic bullshit. It's actually going to be live in the ring. Dominic, are you scared for your boy stings health and well-being? 
I will never be scared for Sting. He is almighty. He is my God. He is my savior. He is Jesus an Christ. icon. No. Yeah. No, I'm not scared. Skeet. Skeet? Skeet. <laughs> Sting is more than capable of holding his own. So I'm going to watch the match. I'm going to be excited for the match. And Sting better get the fucking W. Uh, the Pinnacle have a, a little dinner party at a restaurant in uh, Sean Spears attacks the waiter. Everyone kind of gets their own speech, or not everyone, but Wardlow, Dax, and MJF. I mean, I mean, it was fine. They're really kind of hammering home as Stadium Stampede is going to be serious. It's not going to be funny business like it was last year, which I appreciate. And maybe they need to hammer that home a little harder. But uh, overall, I, I do like the way that the pinnacle is coming across. And also, I mean, having Sean Spears be the crazy man, it makes sense because he really does have a gimmick right now. So make him the wild card, the wild thing. Give him the music. Fuck it. Did did you uh did you hear her say do it? I didn't hear a single thing. Okay, thank God. Because right when she said she she yelled do it, and I unmuted it at the same time, so I was hoping you didn't hear it. Okay, um yeah, Sean Spears, garbage. He should just retire. He should just you know fade away and classify himself as obsolete. You know, delete him. He, del- <laughs> we're we're putting her to sleep. Um, we're I'm just putting a lot of people to sleep. Yep. You, you okay? She she wants me to yell in the microphone in your ear. <laughs> but if you're yelling my ear, you're yelling in everyone's ear. Exactly. She doesn't understand that. She's just a little kid. Okay, leave her alone. Okay. Should I give everyone a fair warning to like turn their volume down all the way and they can say whatever you want to say? She, I, I, well, when, when when I'm muted, I'm doing the Freddie Mercury AO thing, and she keeps like, oh, "I'm gonna mute it, do it. I'm gonna mute it, do it. I'm gonna unmute it." And I'm like, "No, stop. Let's try to pay attention." I mean, can we get a Freddie Mercury impression, Dominic? I mean, I think people the people need it now. <laughs> I'm getting canceled. Uh, if you're getting, oh God, if you're getting canceled, I don't even want to know what you're doing. Uh, Hikaru Shida takes on Reba, only goes a couple minutes because Britt Baker interferes. I mean, it was okay for what it was, just building the women's title match for uh, double or nothing. Can Ready? you fucking, she keeps, she keeps fucking with me. Brandon, kick her out of my room. No, stop it. He said stop it. That's not how I said it. He said, no, stop it. There we go. Uh, Orange Cassidy is getting some treatment done in the uh, the medical room. And Kenny Omega and Don Callis show up and be like, yeah, buddy, I see you're hurt. How about we give you a title shot later on down the line? You know, when you're healthy, which seems like a great offer. I don't know why Orange didn't take it, take him up on it to instead of being injured inside a triple threat match, why not be healthy and have a one-on-one match? But, you know, Orange apparently has more gusto and more moxie than i do and he tore it up very slowly and uh triple threat match still on i I don't know if we can keep going on because she's just going to keep muting and unmuting and laughing it's hard to concentrate brandon we're almost done Dominic. we're almost there i can't i can't fucking do this i can't fucking do this anymore man Dominic, why do you think they're going so heavy with the Cassidy Omega thing, but then Pac is just kind of an afterthought? Because Pac is a bigger star 
Okay, I take that back. Probably is a better wrestler. So they want the Cassidy Omega thing to kind of, you know, you know, run its course and everything. Pack pack later down the road will be a world champion, will be a TNT champion, will be a tag team champion. Orange Cassidy doesn't really can't really hold well, his gimmick doesn't hold a candle to anyone. So I mean it's better to have him get the fame right now than pack later down the line. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. You you put Pack in there just to like have a good wrestling match with Omega, and then Cassidy just kind of gets sprinkled in throughout. But with the Stadium Stampede and these pay per views are kind of always long to begin with. I mean, I I don't know why you just can't have like Omega and Cassidy have like a fun 10, 12 minute match, and then that's it, and kind of build more around the other matches. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the Inner Circle, except the pinnacles offer. So if they lose at stadium stampede, they will break up forever. Are you kidding me forever? Forever. You're going to let her touch it. Yeah. I'm going to let her touch it. Cause that's all, that's all you hear. Cause she's fucking mumbling a hundred feet away. I'm not a hundred feet. I'm like two feet. Okay, I'm logging off. Bye. Serena Deeb defeats Red Velvet to retain the NWA Women's Championship. Didn't really have any expectations for this match, but it's actually a very solid. And we get two women's matches on the same show. Yeah, Sheet and Rebel wasn't exactly anything, but this Deeb Velvet match was a really, really good and uh, I won't say shockingly good because I think that, you know, kind of undersells how good these women are, but I didn't really see it coming and they definitely delivered. Are you saying that the women's division is getting better or is it just the two people in the ring, you think? I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's getting better because both of these women have kind of been around for a while. So, but maybe this kind of showcase that Serena Deeb had like those matches, I think with Thunder Rosa and some others early on and they were good matches. And we're like, okay, maybe it's just the other woman. But now with Serena having a match against Real Velvet, who she, I mean, she's, She's pretty good. You know, she's not like, you know, going to set the world on fire or anything like that. But uh, Deeb having a, ma- a good match with her kind of stamps that, yeah, okay, maybe she's not appreciated that much, but Serena Deeb is a good wrestler. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like the match itself. Serena, I think, gets overlooked a lot. So to have a match like this happen is, you know, not just good for the show, but it's good for her as well. Showcase her talents. Another showcase of talent was Anthony Agogo taking on Austin Gunn. Agogo still working over the the gut punches. It wasn't one and done like that other match was, but this time they introduced some some fake blood to the scenario, and he gets coughed on and gets blood on him and COVID and everything like that. But uh, still building Agogo very strong. Does not look very good, but my hopes is that they're really, really like practicing and like nailing down this Cody match. So when they have the match at double or nothing, it's going to be a lot better than what we've seen on these squash matches. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, the one thing I don't really care for though. Oh my God, Oreo. I swear to fucking God. I, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? The gut punches, right? We are talking about Anthony Agogo. Oh, I, I don't said. like his name. That's why I don't like him. You don't like up? Agogo or Anthony? Agogo. Why not? I don't you know. Don't, you don't go with Agogo? It, it just it doesn't... 
I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit, but you know, like all the greatest wrestlers of all times, they didn't, you know, can you name like a really like weird fruity name? I mean, arguably the greatest wrestler of all time is named after a comic book monster hero person. Stone Cold Steve Austin? Hulk Hogan. Okay. Incredible Hulk Hogan. But can you think of, okay, Hulk Hogan or Anthony Agogo? It sounds so stupid. Oh. Almost as dumb as Dolph Ziggler? No. Dolph Ziggler's a great name. Almost stupider than Brandon Tanguma. There it is. The Miro, the Miro comes out uh, after winning the TNT title, cuts a promo. Thanks to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lance Archer comes out and says that he faced Cody once before last year to be the first TNT champion. He did win it, but this time he's going to come back double nothing and win the title. Talked a little bit about it earlier, but your thoughts on the promo and uh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, we talked about the promo already. But one thing I want to touch on is Mr. almost called him Anthony Archer because I got Anthony Ogogo stuck in my head so much. But Lance Archer, in my opinion, should be the next TNT champion. He deserves it. He is a great in-ring talent, great mic skills. He's tall, big, buff, all, all, the, all the characteristics of a champion. So I definitely hope this feud takes off and you know we have a new champion soon. I don't think we're going to get a new champion soon. I think Miro's going to hold on to this title for a significant amount of time, maybe at All Out or somewhere in that general vicinity. But in the main event, the Young Bucks take on the Varsity Blondes. And I really enjoyed the promo with the little promo they had on with the Varsity Blondes earlier on. Kind of, you know, they talk about the Young Bucks and the relationship they had and what it means for them to be in this moment because they haven't been on Dynamite really at all. I mean, they were just fans really for the most part of the dynamite COVID run, but uh, nice to see that they're here would also be nice. They kind of talked and explained why they're actually challenging for the titles, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Match was good. A little bit more, uh, not as competitive as the SCU match was last week, but the bucks once again, gets the win. I guess they're making up for Omega never wrestling for wrestling every week. Now. I'm thinking a question but when i'm tired my questions come out wrong so please bear with me here if i continue to see the young bucks defend every week in the main event i'm gonna be fucking sick i do not want to see them defending their titles i i I take that back just don't want them in the main event anymore you know switch it off let somebody you know why does the main event always have to be some you know, like big name person or team, give it to some make, fucking young enough. Last week, what? They didn't make an event last week. <laughs> okay, shut the fuck up. I'm tired. Leave me the fuck alone. I mean, I'm trying, that now. If someone, enough? if someone's yelling it, you know, who the millions and millions, one of them has to be yelling at you, trying to point that out. But I just, just calmly explaining to you that it's not every week. I understand maybe they should be having tag title matches every single week, but yeah, get some single matches in there, dog. She, she, she. Okay, can we go to bed now? Uh, okay, go to bed okay, now. bye.
Okay, bye. Thank you all very much for tuning in. This has been the first episode of the Working Man's Podcast, Curveballs and Share Shots. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. Yes, we have a Twitch. Make, but we, mixtape coming out soon, y'all. Yeah, LP coming soon the weekday. Shout out uh, to uh, the producer. Shout out. To, I, I guess we're not signing the hit row anytime soon because Dominic absolutely hates those guys. But yep. if you want to follow us, we got the link tree in the description. Click on that. Takes you everywhere. If you want to email us, curveballandcs at gmo.com. Curveballs yeah. and CS yeah. on the Twitter and Instagram machine. Yeah. Dominic, got any lasting words for the people? Any questions? Anything you want to talk about as we sign off? Does Ace Access still work? Dominic, your fat ass ain't getting, ain't getting four dollar hot dogs anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, fuck the A's then. There we go. Especially if they move away to Las Vegas. So goodbye and good night. Uh, bing bang. Bye bye.